Welcome to another inspiring message from David Hall, pastor of LifePoint Church, Adelaide, Australia. It's our sincere prayer that you would experience the presence and power of the Holy Spirit as you listen to this message. For more information, please visit davidhall.com.au. If you have a Bible, turn with me, please, to the book of Ephesians. Ephesians. And chapter 2. Bless you. Ephesians chapter 2. And I want to have a look at the first verse for just a moment. It says this, And you He made alive. Aren't you glad that once you were... You were dead to sin and dead to the things of this world because of the things of this world and He made you alive. I love the King James Version. You hath He quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom... Also, we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as others. But God, but God, who is rich in mercy, because of His great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Two words that are at the heart of the gospel of Jesus Christ are, but God, but God. That word, but, contrary to what you might expect, But God, you were dead in your sin, but God who's rich in mercy. I love the fact that maybe where you are might not be the ideal situation, but there's an intervention of God that can take you out from where you are to where He wants you to be. I love that. I'm getting stirred up in my spirit. But God, before we met Jesus, Paul lays out really where we were in our in in our walk, our natural walk, our walk with God, and in our in 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 the poverty of our spirit before we met Jesus, he really lists four areas, and, and you could even say five. I'm just joining two, just because I want to make my points richer. But but there are four areas that we were bound in before our but God moment, and the first one we see here, you. Hath He quickened, or you, He made alive, who were dead in sin. That word sin literally means missing the mark. It's like whatever we tried to do was not good enough. We were not, we could never attain what the, the law of God demanded. But thank God that Jesus made a way. And so no longer did we have to strive or, or earn our salvation or, or, or perform rituals to maintain our salvation. We were dead, but He made us alive. My dad has preached this for years and he would always preach, Jesus hasn't come to make bad people good. He's come to make dead people live. You might, before you met Jesus, you were dead, whether you were meaner uh, than the 
than the junkyard dog or whether you were a good person with good morals but lost in sin. When Jesus Christ came uh, to this earth, He paid the price for your sin and He switched the lights on. He took you from death to life, from the power of darkness to light, from the power of Satan to the power of God. That's what Jesus did. We were all dead. We were born into sin. But thank God, man, I'm getting pumped about it. Thank God Jesus gave us the, the way to get into new life. He told Nicodemus, he said, you must be born again because we were dead men walking. But Paul says right here in Ephesians, you met Jesus, you, you got saved. And when you did, you became alive. And I, I love that. And I love that we're not just alive for the next 50, 60 years or however long we've got. We are alive for all of eternity. When Billy Graham died, uh, he was quoted as saying before he died, if you hear the news that Billy Graham has passed away, he's not actually dead. He's just moved address. He is more alive now than he ever was. Woo, man, I'm living for all of eternity. I'm living, I'm alive in Jesus. And, and do you know why I'm alive? Because I'm connected to the resurrection and the life. And His name is Jesus. And Paul says we were dead. But God made us alive. He tells us that we were deceived. It goes on to say we were dead in trespasses and sins and we once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. Satan has a crafty way of making us convinced that the things of this world are what we need. That's why this whole COVID-19 season isn't all bad because what it's actually making us realize is what we actually do need and and we need there are so many people I know people made decisions for Christ online there's people that are watching and and I don't want to make it awkward for you but I've had messages even today from people in the church who have been telling their friends about Jesus for two years. And for the last two weeks, they've been watching our church and, and they're starting to open up to the gospel. The world's value systems are being shaken. The Bible says in Hebrews, everything's gonna be shaken. But there's one thing that won't shake and won't move and it's the kingdom of the living God on the inside of you. I, I love this because the world right now, you and I, and do you know what? Even as Christians, sometimes we can slip back into living uh, defined by the value systems of the world. But God and His grace hooked us up with a greater moral code, with a greater way of living. Instead of living for the world, we get to live by faith and, and live in the victory of Jesus and the fullness of joy and in His presence. That's the beauty of God. So we were dead, we were deceived. And the Bible says we were sons of disobedience, we're disobedient. But that word disobedience comes from the Greek word apatheos, or maybe apatheo, which means really it's a derivative of the word of apathy. We're just, we're just apathetic. I think apathy is one of the great challenges that the church needs to shake off and because we, we can get apathetic about evangelism. We can get apathetic about prayer, apathetic about serving God and putting God first. And, and our Christianity just becomes more of a moral code rather than a living, burning flame on the inside of us. And I want to talk to your life point. You know, uh, the, the novelty of preaching to the camera wore off for me before it even began. But I, I can tell you, I still want to speak into our church and just say, let's, let's shake this off. I pray when we get back, 
apathy goes and, and there's a whole sense of urgency of the hour that we're in because I believe Jesus is coming back sooner than we think and the sky is going to open and we're going to get raptured. Layla's preaching on that in a couple of weeks. We're going to absent from the from this earth and taken to heaven in the name of Jesus with the Lord. For, for uh, Anyway, I don't have time to talk about that. But what I do want to tell you is that, that I believe this, this living for the world, and living for keeping up with the Joneses and, and trying to project something. I, I pray that my life would be far more pleasing to God than it is to anybody else. And the sons of we're really sons of disobedience. And then the Bible goes on to say, where are we? Verse uh, number, num- number three, among whom also we once conducted ourselves in the lusts of the flesh and the mind and were by nature children of wrath. Children destined for wrath, just as others. We were dead. We were deceived. We were disobedient. I was going to say number four, we were damned, but it seemed a little bit too harsh. So how about we just change it to doomed? But we were facing a lost eternity. And Paul lays this out so beautifully. And he just turns the whole passage upside down. And he says two words, but God. Contrary to what you might expect, God. I I love this because we go from... We go from being dead, but God made us alive. Deceived, but God. Disobedient, but God. Doomed, but God. And I love it, but God who is rich in mercy. And he says, and by grace you're saved. We were were dead, deceived, disobedient, doomed, but God. God who's full of mercy and grace flipped it upside down. And it says this, even when we're dead in trespasses, well, it says, but God who's rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses or in our sin, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you've been saved. And if that's not enough, He's raised us up together, made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come, He might show the exceeding riches of His grace in His kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. Oh man, who needs to preach? I'll just keep reading. For by grace, you have been saved through faith and not of yourselves. It's a gift from God. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. But God, we're on our way to hell. We're dead to see, but now just... He flips it upside down. Now I'm seated in heavenly places. I'm experiencing His exceeding grace, His exceeding love, His exceeding blessing that I don't deserve. But mercy and grace are attached to the contrary nature of God. Why is it contrary? Because we deserved all the dark things. But God and His grace flipped it upside down. And do you know something? But God moments don't just extend to salvation. But I guess my, my first thought is salvation is a but God. Because we've read already Ephesians 2.4, but God who's rich in mercy. Romans 5.8, but God demonstrates His love for us in that when we were all sinners, Christ died for us. So I see a but God in salvation. We see but God in the resurrection. The Bible says in Acts 13.29, they laid Him in a grave, 
but God raised him from the dead. Let me, let me tell you, there's a but God for everything you face. You might be sick in your body, but God. You might be depressed, but God. You might be broke, but God. You might be, your marriage might be all but over, but God. You might, you might feel like giving up, but God. You might feel like a total failure in, in this season or in any season, but God. can. T- I remember the first time I preached this 15 years ago, I was preaching at a bikey church in Brisbane and I never really preached to a responsive church before and I'm preaching this and then you've got, I, I'm like in my little, my, little, my little nice shirt, my nice jeans and looking nice little good looking preacher. Not good looking, but like I'm not saying, let's not go there. That's not what I'm trying to say. But I, I presented myself as just a nice, safe little preacher from Adelaide, full of a room, full of bikies. And here I am saying, no matter what your face, but God. But they're up on their feet. Some of them had, didn't have too many teeth and they had tats. And it was a rough bunch, but they're on their feet. But God, but God, can I tell you, no matter what you face, no matter how big the ditch is that you're in church, listen to your pastor. There's a but God for everything you face. Oh, well, that's just a play on words. Can I say, no, it's not. It's what the Bible says. It's a phrase in the Word of God, but God, the spirit realm is a total but God dimension. Let's have a a look in 1 Corinthians. Chapter 2, hope you're all happy at home. I think my wife's watching. Hey, Donna. Hey, James and Sam. Hope you're eating your dinner. It's been a tough day in the whole household today. A month ago, we went up to Joel and Ari Pittman's shack. We caught a shrimp whose name is Shrimpy. And last night, yesterday, James and I caught some fish, like literally scooped them out of, with a net in some of the ponds in Mawson Lakes. And uh, we brought them home. There were five in total. Shrimpy ate two of them. And uh, he, he enjoyed a last meal before today, passing from what we believe are natural causes. It could have been coronavirus, but we don't know. But Shrimpy, we had a funeral. He's now got a marked grave in our front yard, absent from the body present present with the Lord. And so it's been a, been a tough day. So pray for James and Sam. And, and we believe that Shrimpy's heart was right before God when he left, when he left this earth. <laughs> First Corinthians chapter 2. Spirit realm, it's a but God space. The Bible says in verse 9 of 1 Corinthians 2, but as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard nor has it entered into the hearts of men the things that God has prepared for those who love Him. But God has revealed them to us through His Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. Well, let me read on because this is good stuff. For what man knows, For let me start that again. For what man knows the things of a man except the Spirit of the man which is in him. Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of of God. In other words, if I keep reading on, it takes a spirit man to understand the spirit world. But God by His Spirit comes on us and flicks a switch and 
We're suddenly alive to the things of the Holy Spirit. And I pray as a church going forward that we would be alive to the things of the Holy Spirit. That when, that's why we're doing Wednesday night revival meetings is because I, I want to use this opportunity while people have a little bit less to do, they can tune in. And, and some 10,000 people are saying possibly tuned in just over the course of the week to what's happening. And I'm believing we can flick a switch. I'm not flicking the switch. It's the Holy Ghost that flicks the switch. But maybe in this season... Oh, it's coronavirus. Oh, it's isolation. But God, the Holy Spirit will touch people. But God. Man, this is doing my heart good because I've seen God move. I've seen God do things. I've seen atmospheres that seem impossible. And there's a but God. I was just thinking today, uh, just of a, 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 a bit of a random miracle, two miracles in a meeting that I preached years ago in New Zealand and and. I'm at a youth conference and I said, if you need a healing, just come. And so all these young people came and then there would have been a woman in her 50s or 60s. And, and I remember thinking, she's sneaking into the youth altar call. It's not really hers. And, and I looked down and her fingers were all badly bent to, out of shape because of what was obviously arthritis. And, and we started praying and the power of God touched her and we all heard an audible click, 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 click as she straightened her fingers and right there received a total miracle from God. Why? She came forward. The Spirit of God's in the room. You may have arthritis, but God. And walking out of that same meeting, there was a girl walked up to me and she said, I've been deaf in my ear from birth. Would you pray for me in one of her ears? So I prayed for her and the power of God touched her. Her ear opens, much to both of our surprise. I mean... How does that happen? I, to be honest with you, I don't even think my faith was all that engaged. It just, it, it's not of works. It's God that does these things. And, and if you come to God and you have a need, you might be buried in that need. If you'd shift and, and grab hold of God by faith, there's a but God. You may be broke. You may be in trouble. I don't know what you're facing, but God. Man, I like preaching this. I haven't preached this for years, Joel. But God, number four. So the salvation's a but God. The resurrection's a but God. The spirit realm is a but God. Increase is a but God. 1 Corinthians 3, 6. I planted, this is Paul talking. He planted the church at Corinth in 50 AD. He established the church. He planted it, handed it on to Apollos. So I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. Paul started it. Apollos strengthened it. But God was the one that brought souls. God was the one that brought miracles. And God was the one that brought whatever word I've written that I can't read, but it was very essential to that church. I think it, I think it says growth. So Paul births this church. Apollos brings strength to the church. But God gives the increase. I planted, Apollos watered. But God gave the increase. Church, I want to tell you, we plant, we water, but let God bring increase. We, we serve, we do. In this season of, as a church, we're just being faithful. There's not much more that we can do other than water right now. We can be diligent. We can just try and bring strength and and. and Trust that God will take care of it. But the crazy thing is, in what I would have thought could have been a time that could decimate a church, 
I've just seen our church rise. I've seen creativity rise in people. There's, I've seen anointings and giftings rise in the church that we never seem to need, it, need before or think we need. And now we're wondering how we ever live without a lot of it. But the beautiful thing about God is we're just seeing so, it's almost, I, I think we're gonna look back on this COVID. Let me tell you, it's not from God. It's a demonic thing. It's, it's evil. It's hurting people. And, and all of those things I hate, we've got to take dominion over it. But I will say this, all things, the Bible says in Romans, work out to good. For, all things work together for good for those that love Him and are called according to His purpose. I believe God's going to use this and bring diamonds out of this pressure. But, but at the end of the day, I'm so grateful that all we can do sometimes is plant, we can water. But I can't bring increase. And I just want to encourage you, whatever you're putting your hand to, just plant, just water. And then we look to the but God which is that supernatural of God on what we're doing. Joel and Ari, who are in the building right now, they can sing. She can start the song. She can plant it. Joel can strengthen it by saying, come on, lift your hands. But they can't anoint it. That's God. All we can do is say, God, I plant, I water. But you can give the increase. Maybe you're feeling called to start a home group. You don't know how. Why don't you plant something? Bring some strength to it. And trust that there's an unseen supernatural element to this whole thing. Churches don't just happen because of good schemes and plans. They actually happen because we're faithful, we're diligent, but God. Maybe blessing if you can come and, and just uh, help us wrap this, wrap this up. I, I, I'm preaching myself happy here tonight. I feel like this is a word for our church. Increase. Is a but God. I can't, it takes a striving. And all we start doing is we just start serving Jesus and he brings, he brings increase, the unseen hand of God. I want to close and just read a piece of scripture, book of Psalms, chapter 73. By the way, I've gone old school. I've got handwritten notes. I don't know if you can see all that, but praise the Lord. That's why I can't read half of it. I wrote it. Some of it's definitely written in other tongues. <laughs> Psalm 73. I don't have time to elaborate on the background of it. I'll just read you. Just read you what it says. Psalm 73 verse 25. Whom have I in heaven but you? There is none upon the earth that I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Can I read it one more time? Let the waters of God's Word touch your soul and your spirit. Whom have I in heaven but you? There is none upon the earth that I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. But God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. I don't know who I'm talking to right now, but I know I'm talking to somebody. You need divine intervention. You need a but God. You need the hand of heaven to touch it wherever you are. And I just want you, if that's you, and you'd say, Dave, I need a but God. I need a, I need a supernatural intervention of the hand of God 
in my world. If that's you, wherever you are in your homes, just lift your hands to Jesus. The anointing of God. Can I tell you, I feel the anointing falling in our church. In this room right now, there's just a handful of us, but I feel the rain of His presence. But if you're in your homes right now, by the Spirit of God, Father, we love You, we honour You, we worship You, we praise You, we adore You, we thank You. Lord, I don't know what people are facing, but Lord, we're looking for that miraculous intervention of heaven. A but God moment. Whether it's a healing, whether it's a supernatural move of God. Lord, we're hungry. Father, I thank You that the winds of revival are blowing in our city, across our church. And Lord God, in the name of Jesus Christ, I thank You that You're still still in the business of but God moments. Thanks for listening to this message. We hope it was an encouragement to you. If you'd like to know more about David and Donna, please visit our website, davidhall.com.au.